And Jesus, as you said, that you have come to glorify the Father, and the Father will be glorified in him. And so, Lord, that you are raising up a body of people where your glory, your cavard glory, will be seen by everybody. That, Lord, that you will tabernacle in your people before you come for your people. And we thank you, Jesus, that your glory will be shine and shone all around us. That we will be the light in this darkness. So thank you, Jesus, as we dedicate ourselves, as we give ourselves to you. And it says that the old has gone, that the new has come. Both in us and around us and through us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that everything that you do has a redemptive value and purpose. Everything. So, Father, as we come to your word, I just pray, let your spirit be all over this word. And, Lord, let this word become a revelation, a living word in us. Because, Jesus, it says that you became the word. You became the word in flesh. So, Lord, let that word now come into us and on us and through us. That we become living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto you. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. If you'd like to take a seat, I'm telling you there is a new thing happening, a new day. I spent, uh, Heidi and I spent an hour on the phone to Neville and Joe in Australia and the Lord came to Neville and he said to Neville, he said, Neville, I'm going to give you a new name. This is what you'll be known as in the spirit. And the Lord gave him a new name. Remember Jacob? where Jacob was given a new name called Israel. And the same thing is happening, but the Lord told Neville, Neville, I'm giving you a new name in the spirit because a new day is dawning. And we've got to declare that new day. That's what Neville told us yesterday. You've got to declare that new day. And it's exactly what we were, we've been praying about last week. It's exactly what we were talking about last week. There's a new thing that's arrived. And we need a revelation of the Spirit in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Each and every one of us. And as I, as I said to you last week, have you done your homework? Have you done your homework? Have you prayed and said, Father, what is it you want me to do? Because those that know their God shall carry out and do great exploits. We're moving into that time where our character has been examined. For the last two, three years, our characters have been examined. Are we in our character worthy to carry what God is about to do in us and on us? Are we in it for ourselves or are we in it to establish his kingdom on earth as it already is in heaven? And it's got to be his. We sing about it. He is worthy. He is the only one that's worthy. We're not, but we're made worthy in his sight through the blood. So what's our job to do? You know, we've got the fivefold ministry. We know what that is, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, um, 
a prophet and an apostle. We know that. And that's a gift to the church. That they are gifts to the church. Church To help establish the church and to teach the people and to say, right, this is what we're doing. That's why you need the prophetic. You need the prophetic saying in the church, this is what this person has been called to do. And the apostle will start positioning people and the pastor will look after the flock and you'll have the teacher that will start teaching us how to move. Then you've got the evangelist, you know, bringing in the people. You know, they, they bring him in and they say, skin him now. Skin them, pastor. Do your job. And the, oh, that's why evangelists should never become pastors. You, you, got, you don't skin them, you got them. You got them. Yeah. Yeah, but, but the thing is that, you know, whatever is left has got to be his, isn't it? Yes. Whatever is his, Amen. it's everything of his. And we become that living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. Yes. But what's our purpose? What's our purpose for an eternity? It's to love him with all of our hearts, with everything that we've got is to love him and to go after him like we've never gone after him before. We're moving into this time where he is the most important thing. I was talking to a young man last night, late into the night. So if I've got red eyes, it's because I was up quite late. And, And I said to him, I said, you know, this is what we've been called to do. We've been called by the Almighty to love him with all of our hearts and to demonstrate his love on a broken world. And how do we do that? Well, we find out what God in his nature and his character. And that's the nine fruits of the Spirit. When we read that word, it says, where two or three are gathered together in his name. That word name is his character. So what's his character? It's love. It's joy, it's peace, it's goodness, it's kindness, it's patience, it's gentleness, it's faithfulness, and he's of good self-control. That's the nine fruits that he wants us to display. That's the character of God. We've got to be love. We've got to be love. So we've got to lay down our differences. We've got to lay down our unforgiveness. We've got to lay down our expectations and only pick up what he tells us to pick up. John 5, 19. I can only do what I see my father doing. And that's what I want to do. I want to see what he's doing and then bring it down on earth. I went, took my little lad, Joshua. We went down to the grave where Kavan, where we buried him. This is on, on Wednesday, Friday. We just drove past and drove in. I said, come on, Joshua, let's put it into practice because we believe that God is the God of miracles. Yeah. We believe that he can raise the dead. That's right. Huh? Yes. So I went down there, you know, with faith, saying, Father, if it's your will, Raise him from the dead. Resurrection life into that body. And you can crack open the grave. That's nothing to you. He's done it once before. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he did yesterday, you can do today. And what you do today, you can do tomorrow. Because he's the same God. He is the same. So we stood at that. And I, I expected... I expected the ground to start shaking underneath my feet. Uh-huh. And I expected that ground to split open and Kavan to be standing there. If that's the way he wants to do it. And we need to expect a miracle. And this is what it is. I'm expectant. Because as I said to Neville, Neville, we are moving in to the power of the age to come. The power is in you and it's in me. But we need to be pursuing it and to have an expectation of God to do the miracles. We can't. We can't heal a headache. But we know somebody who can. 
And why do we categorise illness? Why do we categorise it? Why is a cold any different to cancer? Right, both begin with C. But yeah, we, 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 we categorise... <gasps> oh, we've got cancer. Well, no, that's nothing to God. You saw last week on the, on the, on the videos that we showed, cancer just disappears off bodies. Amen. Cancer just disappearing. So why is the church so ill? Because we don't believe. I believe. You know, I still believe I'm going to get a new knee. But you know, if God is the same yesterday, today and forever. But if I have to have an operation, guess what? I am so blessed that I'm going to have a surgeon that will do his best and operate on my knee and make it good. So the pain goes. But God can do anything. You know, maybe he's just slowed me down over this last year and two years so I can spend more time with him. Instead of thinking that I can go in the gym all the time or do running or cycling and anything like that. You know, but... But that's what I, I'd spend, I spend hours in the gym or hours cycling or running. You know, and, and maybe God's saying, do you know what? Slow down, Andy. I want you to spend more time with me. He did that to Jacob, didn't he? Dislocated his hip. When it humbled him. Moses had a stutter. Didn't think he could do it, so Aaron had to come along with him. But what have you got in your hands? What have you got? You've got Everything. Everything. But you know, it says here in the Word, it says in Hebrews 6, it's impossible for those who once enlightened, enlightened to have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good Word of God and the power, powers of the age to come. Yeah. And that's just a warning of those people. I know many people who have become so enamored with the power. They've lost sight of what it's all about which is Jesus. They've become so enamored with the signs and wonders, it's driving people in their neighborhood ballistic. Because, can I pray for you? You've prayed for me a thousand times. Can I pray for you again? Because that's what they feel they've got to do. It's driving people ballistic. But when the true power is on a body of people, you will get their attention. You won't have to give them a calling card. You will just have to say, Jesus. Jesus is my motivator. He is my instigator. He is my perfecter. And he is my first love. And then you can preach the gospel to them. But we've got to move into this power of the age to come. And this is the new day that is dawning upon the church. But you know what? The charismatic church is going to miss this. Because it's all about signs and wonders. It's all about me. It's all about the glitter. And it's all about the the lights and the... They, there is very, very little worship in the charismatic church as we know it. True worship, where it's all about Jesus. Very little. It's all about me. You look at all the songs. It's all about me. It's very little is it about Jesus. It's how much you can bless me, Jesus. Got the prosperity gospel that has replaced the true gospel. And we don't, we don't preach it. But, you know, we're going to have a glimpse. We're going to look into over that precipice and we're going to see the power of the age to come. But we have to dive deep into it. Yes, that's right. We have to dive deep. I had an incredible experience. We sung that song, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King. 
In what you hear, let me be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. One night I was lying in my bed and then suddenly I was awake with my arms up in the air in a place I, I didn't know where and I was singing that song with so much passion for him because I want to be sweet to hear. I want my worship to bless his ears. I want what comes out of my mouth to bring him glory. And do you know what I heard? I heard a deep booming voice come out of heaven and it says, deep calls into deep. And then I've had an experience this week where I went into the deep part of the ocean and I dived deep and I was swimming and that means it's the whole thing of the spirit of God swimming in the deep things of the spirit but you've got to go deep and when I suddenly realized I was in this and I could breathe underwater I could dive deep and I could go deeper than what the surface was offering to go deeper than that because God is calling us now into the deep things of heaven And this has never been seen before. Let me tell you, you read the book of Acts. You read the book of Acts. What is about to be put onto the church has never been seen before. Never been seen. We've had glimpses of it. We've had glimpses through A.A. Allen. We've had glimpses of William Branham. We've had glimpses of it. And Catherine Coleman and Alexandra Dow. We've had glimpses of, of John G. Lake. Glimpses of it. John G. Lake walked up to a rock because he wanted to demonstrate in the middle of Africa that it wasn't about him. It was the external power of God. And he slapped a rock and he said, Lord, anoint this rock in your name to bring glory to you. And for weeks and weeks, anybody that went and touched that rock was instantly healed. Instantly healed. They brought dead people, put them on the rock, instantly brought back to, God, back, back to life. Because Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. I am the resurrection yeah. and the life. He is life. And we are going to see this demonstrated through our hands. Stretch forth your hand and they shall recover. Isn't that great news? I'm tired of putting people in the ground who have died of cancer. I don't, want to, I don't want to do it anymore. But we need an external, an external force, don't we? And guess who he's called? The Holy Spirit. And when you're given a gift, you know when you open up a, a present at Christmas or on your birthday or you're just lucky enough that somebody loves you and just wants to give you a gift, you don't go, how much do I have to pay for this? Do you? It's free. They give it to you free. So how much more does our Father in Heaven know what we need? And it's a free gift. So I just, I just, I'm greedy. I say, Lord, just give me whatever you want me to have. And I'll have it all. I want to finish this. I want to, I want to finish this so much stronger than when I started. So much stronger. That when I pass that finish line, guess what? The race continues. Just that this age will come to an end. And the race will go on. But we'll have such an external force. An external force that comes upon us. So we know the nine gifts of the Spirit. 
I read them out last week. The, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, and through the same spirit we have the gift of faith and the powers of, of special miracles and, and, and healings. The gifts of healing, they, they, they're plural. It's not just one discerning spirit, different types of tongues. And I'm not telling you that there is, everyone should be speaking in tongues. Everyone, that's our right. It's a spiritual tongue. But there are special times where God will give you a tongue that is uttering his voice to the church. And there will be somebody there to interpret it. So when you can get up in the middle of a service and you can feel it welling up. How many people feel that? You feel that welling up and you go, and you know exactly what you've said. Or you might not. But then somebody will stand up and give an interpretation. And it will be God's voice for the church. You see what I mean? But in my private time, this week I went out, I think really early on, on Monday or Tuesday, walking the dog. And for an hour all I could go was, That's my prayer. For an hour, just praying in tongues. And it just so something ignites in your spirit when you pray in tongue. But it's different from the, 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 the gift of tongues. It's different. I know a man who was the most... I mean this really nicely. He just didn't, you know, didn't get the Holy Spirit. Didn't get it. He didn't get the whole thing of laying on the hands. And he, and he was an he was a f- amazing preacher. But he went out in the, in, when he was at university with a friend to Switzerland. And they just wanted to hand out some tracks on the street. And so this, this guy, David, he went up to this, this guy and he just starts talking to him and hands him a track and then leads him to the Lord. And his mate is completely dumbfounded. He said, I didn't know you could speak German. He says, I can't. I don't speak a word of German. I don't speak any other language. He says, well, you just had a whole conversation with that man in German. You look at, you, you look at, you know, signs and wonders by um, uh, Maria Woodwardetta. She was well known to speak in many languages. I think she, they, they, they numbered nine languages. And this is a little bitty woman without any education. Well, she said to the Lord, when the Lord appears to her and says, I want you to take this out. And this is the 18, late, mid-18, 18th, 19th century. And they said, I want you to take this, this word out. She said, but I can't read the Bible. I don't know the Bible. And the Bible appeared on the back of the wall. And instantly, it went into her. Instantly, it went into her. This is the power of the age to come. And we think translation is just a, a thing that was, you know, just a... Maybe Philippian travels. And, but it's real. I know people that are moving in the spirit, going to different countries and preaching. When guys walk through walls into a marketplace, you've got the attention. <laughs> Haven't you? Yeah. And this is what we've got to start expecting to happen to us. We've got to start diving deep. And it's this, this is our birthright. Listen. The word saved, as everyone knows, is a Greek word called sozo. But we've made it into such a concept now. Oh, I'm going for a sozo. No, just come here, sit down, I'll talk to you. This is what God is saying. You you don't need to sit down with somebody for hours and hours and hours. Yes, you just need to talk to a good friend 
who loves the Lord and will give you a word of knowledge or a word of encouragement or just will bring some sort of wisdom into a situation. Because that's what the Bible tells me that I can do. A word of wisdom. I don't want the knowledge here. I want the wisdom here. Here. I want to lay my hands on and see them recover. doesn't matter what illness they're having. Because it says, as you go, preach the good news. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely we've received, freely to give. Why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we praying for the sick? This is going to become commonplace. Raising, this is just the low bar. This is what the gospel is. It's body, mind, and spirit. Sozo. And if you put three ones together, it makes one whole. You'll get that tomorrow. But it will make you whole. Three ones, three, body, mind, and spirit. It'll make you whole. You'll be, you'll be healthy. You won't have this... Yes, we will be in a fight. Because it tells us that we're in a battle, not against flesh, but against principalities, powers, workers of darkness and evil. We're in that battle. But if you read in your Bible, it says in 1 John 3, what was the reason that Jesus came on this earth? To destroy the works of the enemy. We can do the same thing. He gave us that commission. Because the Bible is the same yesterday, today and forever. So whatever he said to the disciples applies to us. It applies to us. And you know, you can read right the way through what it's all about. Absolutely. Can I just want to read you something? Kylie, can you read out Matthew 17 from verse 14? Matthew 17, verse... Matthew, sorry, Matthew 17, verse 14. severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him then Jesus answered and said "O faithless and perverse generation how long shall I bear with you how long shall I bear with you bring him here to me and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said why could we not cast it out so Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, ah, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Is that it? That's it. The church has missed what that, that passage is saying. Totally missed it. Totally missed it. Completely. They now say epilepsy. You know, you've got to prayer and fast about it and then get it out. No, you just say in the name of Jesus out. You drive it out. Drive out demons. So what is this mountain that Jesus is talking about? It's not. It's unbelief. It's an unbelief. Because he says, faithless and perverse generation. 
He's talking about if you say to this mountain of unbelief, be gone in the name of Jesus. And he says, only by prayer and fasting will you get rid of this mountain of unbelief. That's what the Bible says. And yet what we've done is we think we've got to pray and fast. No, that is not a requirement for healing. You've just got to believe that he can heal the sick. Yeah, go on. This is really weird because Ali doesn't know, but I, was, um, I, I learned something yesterday about the mustard seed. I was always told growing up that, um, that mustard seed is like the smallest seed. And therefore, the, the whole message of if you have the mustard seed, you can basically you know, cast this mountain to the sea. Therefore, equating faith or the amount of faith required to do these miracles with quantity of faith. And it, you don't need much. But what I have learned since, there are smaller seeds, aren't there? There are poppy seeds, sesame seeds, and there are smaller seeds. So actually that is not the truth. And um, what I heard, um, which really impressed on me, um, and I was really meditating on faith yesterday, unbeknown to Andy, um, mm. was about this, the mustard seed. Apparently it's a weed, and it grows very freely, do you know, in mm. Israel, for instance, and, um, and it will just grow anywhere. But what's amazing about the mustard seed is as it grows, it's very, very strong and it will literally move rocks and other things out of its way because of the power that's within it as it grows. And so the, the whole sentence of if faith, if you have faith as a mustard seed, it's living faith. It's about living faith and therefore it's about this, um, it's about an attitude and it's not about, it's not a tool. Faith is not no. a quick tool. It's no. about perspective and it's having living faith that actually isn't our desire through all the, tr- the troubles and turmoil to have a faith that is strong rather than just that we all get our own way and sort this out and make that move away. And actually it's about our faith being strong and that's what the Lord really mm. treasures. Yeah, faith is mentioned 237 times in the New Testament. 237 times. I think Jesus is trying to get our attention on that word. If we have faith, like a mustard seed, to drive out whatever is stopping us, to get it out of the way, and we know that the mustard tree grows into one of the biggest trees in the garden. But we only have to have a little bit. And you can ask God for more. That's what it says, as the same spirit, the gift of faith. Lord, give me more faith. I need faith, Lord. And God knows your heart. He knows what's inside of you. And if you feel that this isn't for you, ask him. Lord, this is for me. This is my birthright. You died so I can have this. Lord, by your stripes, I am healed. I am healed. And there will be a battle over it. There will be a battle over your healing. But by his stripes. You know, Heidi read out the scripture from Isaiah that he, was, he, was, he had sorrows and, was, and knew grief. And that word sorrows is sicknesses. It's disease. In the real translation of the Hebrew, of, oh yeah, the Hebrew, it's disease and sicknesses. He knew our sorrows. He was acquainted with sorrows. But he died so that we didn't have to go through it. And by his stripes, we are healed. But you know what? We're about to see the biggest healing revival the world has ever seen. We're about to see this. Now, I totally believe, like we did in Africa, we will go into places and there will not be one person that will leave that meeting that hasn't been healed. 
I was in the, in the pool. Everybody that came up was instantly healed. Instant miracles in the pool. We're just, I mean, Ian and I, he was up yesterday, and Denise, you know, they were there in the pool. Instantly, you know, I had this young girl that was horribly, she was only about 17, 18. She was horribly beaten up by her father the night before he came back home drunk. And she had broken bones. She was in so much pain. And my heart of compassion and love just embraced her and said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And I could hear the cracking of the bones. Cracking of bones. And all the pain disappeared. You've never seen somebody smile and cry with such emotion because God had touched her. And there's nothing special about me. But there's everything special about him in me. It's him. He gets the glory. And so you can get up and you can preach the good news. You can, because you're demonstrating it with what? With signs and wonders. These signs will follow those that believe. These signs will follow those that believe. Do you believe it, that you are, you've got it in you? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I believe every one of us in this room, every one of us can heal the sick, can raise the dead, can drive out demons, and cleanse the lepers. Everyone. And when I stood at that grave with my little boy and we both prayed, resurrection power into that grave, do you know what I heard the Lord saying? He said, what are you doing? And I said, Lord, I believe. You can raise him from the dead. That's what I'm doing. I believe you can do it. And if it isn't today, I'm going to do it next week. If it isn't next week, I'm going to do it next week. And I'm going to do it until I see him raised from the dead. Because that's what God told us that we can do. His job is not finished. And you know, you know, David's job wasn't finished. We buried one of our own, Doug. And he had many prophecies of what would happen in the end times. And he was taken by cancer. We're going to see him raised from the dead. Because his job isn't finished. And they'll go, they, they will leave heaven kicking and screaming. They, they will be dragging them out, saying, you've got, a, you've got a job to do. You've got a job to do. And they're saying, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. You no, know, you've got a job to do. And the angels, big powerful warrior angels, will come along and drag them out. Say, so there you go. Boom. And they'll tell you, they'll have revelation after revelation after revelation. Because that's what the Bible tells us we can do. When Jesus was raised from the dead, how many bodies came out of the graves? Over 400. Didn't tell us that they went back to the grave either. Some believe, and I hold credence to this, some believe. Because it's not impossible for God to do it. Some believe that John, the Apostle John, never died. Did you know that, that one of the Roman emperors tried to boil him in oil? boil him alive in oil and he couldn't burn it was impossible he couldn't burn him so they shoved him to the Isle of Patmos they didn't know what else to do with him they, honestly they, 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 he, they just did not know what to do with him and if you look what Jesus says you know, when, when they asked him who's going to be with you who's going to be at your right and your left hand you know, I'm your best and they said what about John and Jesus turned around Don't, what, what happens to John is not of your concern why do I believe that? Because God can do anything. God can do anything. And we. And do you know what He's looking for? He's not looking for anointed people. He's looking for people that are willing to say, "Here I am, Lord. Use me." And God will use the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise. 
to confound, confound the psychiatrist. <gasps> I've got a demon person. They don't even believe in demons. And you just walk in in the name of Jesus, get out. Boom! The psychiatrist will be burning every flippant psychiatry book that they've ever seen. Ever seen. Because the power of... I'll tell you a story. A.A. Allen. Hey, Alan, you can go on, the video, on YouTube and watch him. You know, he's an amazing man of God. You know, and, and he did not, he was not an alcoholic. You know, the, the AOG, well, I won't go into that story. I haven't got time. But A.A. Allen, he, um, if you go on, there was a brother guy called Shambok. Now, Brother Shambok was A.A. Allen's right-hand man. He had followed A.A. Allen all through his ministry. And then they had this woman that came to one of the tent meetings that they had. And they would bring people on gurneys or that were dying. And, and they would be keeping them alive just long enough for A. Allen to pray over them. And they were instantly raised. I've seen a guy who had cancer of the stomach, who had not eaten. He was rag and bones. He hadn't eaten for three weeks. And he came and carried on a gurney. And A. Allen said, why have you got your best shoes on? And he strips back the thing, and the guy's dressed in a, in a complete suit. He says, why are you dressed like this? He says, because I believe. And he says, I believe. And his wife's there. And his wife is giving the testimony that he's got cancer and he's dying. Mm-hmm. They won't make it through the night. But the guy came dressed because he knew the man of God would heal him. And he instantly jumps off from the gurney. Instantly. You can see on, on YouTube. <coughs> and he says, you can't, you can't eat or drink anything, can you? says, bring him some milk. And they brought him on a quart of milk and he drunk the whole lot. Instantly healed. But this woman came in who was completely demon-possessed. Completely. And she was causing such a kerfuffle. And so A. Allen comes off the stage and he says to Brother Shambok, he says, I want you to get rid of that thing in her. Whatever it is. Just get rid of it. And so he leaves Brother Shambok actually in the back of the car with two other people trying to hold this woman down and cast out the demons that were in her. And a massive, a massive fight broke out in the car. You could see the car rocking from side to side as this woman was beating, beating them up. And Brother Shambok had another meeting. Uh, Brother um, A. Allen had another meeting that, you know, that was going to start in an hour. So he went to his caravan, came back, and the woman was still beating them up. They had cuts, their hair was everywhere, jackets were torn, ties were sort of like there. And they said, Brother, I said, A. Allen says to Brother Shambok, did he get rid of it? He said, oh, hey, Hey, Alan, I can't, we, can't, we can't do anything. So he says, get out of the way. And he opens the door and he whip, 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 right in the rear and instantly, boom, completely delivered. And Brother Shambaugh runs after A. Allen because he's marching now up onto the platform and he says, come on, tell me what you did. I've been beaten black and blue. Look at the state of me. And you come along and you say, well, what did you say to her? And A.A. Allen says, all I said is, devil, it's A.A. Allen. (laughs) Boom! Instantly. Because he had an external force on him called the Holy Spirit. Look at Peter. Peter's shadow would touch the lame and the cripples, and his very shadow would heal the sick. Why? Why? Because it's an external force. It's external. It's not about you, but it's about you being willing. Here I am. And start believing. Start believing. Because here's a question. Is there any sickness in heaven? 
Is there any death in heaven? No. Is there any demon possessed in heaven? No. So as it is in heaven, I'll do it on earth. As it is in heaven. And God wants you to have a revelation of this. Why? Why? Because he wants you to do it. He wants you to have that little bit of faith that you can push out that boulder of unbelief and say, do you know what, God? I believe in miracles. I believe that you are the miracle giver. And I believe that when I stretch forth my hand, they will recover. Some might not. And I, please, please, don't, don't do this. Don't, I don't want to hear anybody doing this. Because we're going to see this place come alive with healing. But don't ever say there isn't enough faith in this room. Don't, don't, because it's not dependent on their faith. It's dependent upon your faith. If you're in the room, you've got the faith. Don't ever put something onto somebody that's a burden. Oh, you haven't got enough faith for it. It's God's will to heal everybody. End of story. Because Jesus, two-thirds of Jesus' life was concerned with two things. To heal the sick and to drive out demons. That's what the gospel tells us. Read it. Reread it. That Jesus went about all places. Matthew 4, verse 23 and 24. And he said, uh, they brought him all sick people, were taken with various diseases and torments, and those who were possessed with demons, and those that were epileptic, and those that were paralytic. And he healed them. Healed them. Matthew eight sixteen, And when evening came, they brought to him many that were possessed with demons. And he cast out demons with his word and healed all that were sick. This is Matthew eight sixteen, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 14, verse 14. Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their sick. Matthew 15, 30. And great multitudes came to him, having with them many that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and put them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Now when the sun, Luke 4, verse 40 and 41. Now when the sun was setting, all they had any sick with various diseases was brought unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many crying out and saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God, and rebuking them and permitting them not to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. How much more have we got? We've got all. We've got all. And all we've got to do is believe. Just believe that God can do it through you and in you. But just as Jesus, remember when Jesus went um, into the wilderness, what had he just happened to him before he went into the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. He had a baptism of the Holy Spirit, yes? But look in Luke 4, as he comes out of the 40 days and 40 nights. And the, it says that he came out with the power. With the power. The power. You can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can be on fire with the Holy Spirit. But we still need to be baptized with power. Of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the age to come. And this is where we're going to move into. This is what we're going to be doing. Each and every one of us. Not the one man at the front. 
It's not about that. Each and every one. But as I said last week, there might be Jane who has you know, a specific gift over deafness. Whereas Steve might have a specific gift over deaf and dumb. You know, or, or Maury might have a gift of cancer, seeing healings in cancer. And you can say, all oh, right, just go to, go to Jane. She, she, she's got 100% on that. Or Steve or Maury, they've got 100%. Because it's gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. So you've got to say, I feel I've got a gift of healing with cancer. That's what I believe. I've got a gift of healing with cancer. I've, I've seen cancer, the most horrible, smelly, miserable, bleeding, pussy thing on people's bodies. And the Lord says, put your hand on it. So I go, but Lord, it's on a chest. So I just get a hand, put it on it, and put my hand on top. And I instantly feel it melts. And the Lord said, put your hand on the... On the, on the cancer and you'll feel it melt like sugar in a coffee and then she goes Ooh! rips up the top and I'm saying no put it down put it down because the power of God she's, it's gone and there wasn't even a mark not even a mark isn't that right Heidi it's right so here it is is it, God, is it God's will to heal everyone? Yes. Yes. yes! yes! It is. Everyone. Not some, but everyone. Yes, God allows sickness to come onto people sometimes, or a disability. He allows it to teach them something. And sometimes, you know, like Brother Sadie was called to that young man I told you about with AIDS. Because if he isn't saved, you can heal him, and he's going to have an eternal death. So God said, don't pray for his healing. Pray for his salvation. Because that's more important. To see them. That, that, yeah, their bodies might be ravaged on this earth, but they'll have an eternal life in the presence of the Almighty. Good and faithful son. Good and faithful servant in whom I'm well pleased. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And I keep saying, I, 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 I don't want to go anywhere. You know, as, as what's his name, uh, the guy says, uh, one of the people we listen to, Dan Moller, he says, I can't go travelling when my backyard is in such a mess. We've got a backyard that is such a mess in Sheffield. And the only thing that will heal this city is an external power of the Holy Spirit on us. And this is what we have got to contend for. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13. And for this to be a part of us, this seed that is in us, the mustard seed that is in us, we have to water it and feed it. How? By believing. By believing. Having faith. Lord, you've got this in me. You've got the same spirit that's in me that raised Jesus from the dead. Lives in me. The same spirit. I have walked up and down a room. I've gone into the hills. I have shouted that out. Jesus, the same spirit that that raised you from the dead is in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus. It's in me. And I'll get more and more and more excited. Why? Because now it's becoming living. I'm feeding it. I'm feeding it. I'm watering it. And then it becomes alive. It becomes alive in you. And yet we are told, the church is told about healing. That is wrong. It's God's will to heal all. Amen. 
sicknesses. And then you will preach. You won't have to give your calling card of evangelist or pastor or teacher or apostle or whatever. You won't have to do that. You'll just heal them. And then you'll give them the gospel. You'll give them a gospel. I've got to have a bit of wisdom from the Lord about the Spirit Cafe. The drop-in centre. Guess where you're going to go? Camilla's Cafe on a Tuesday. She doesn't know it. But that's what the Lord said to me last week when I was praying about the whole situation. Because it'll be dead in here. There's nothing. You won't get anybody passing, coming in. But they do. And guess what? Most of them are Muslims. You heal their sick, you'll get their attention. Isn't that right? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just an answer from the front. But no, I'm serious. I'm serious about it. You know, as over a cup of coffee and over a cup of tea or whatever, you can just get alongside somebody. You don't have to announce, oh, you know, I'm a healer. You just talk to them and say, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? But we've got to have teaching in this. This is why I'm doing this. But the first thing, 1 Peter, Peter 1, 1 Peter 2, verse 24. <coughs> verse 24, everyone should know this. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By stripes you were healed. It's done. It's done. So why are churches so full of sick people? Because we're not praying for it. Absolutely. But you know, T.L. Osborne, one of the great, greatest... I mean, I've read all the books, you know, because I was hungry back in 2003 when I suddenly realised this was the bread for the children. This was the crumbs that was for us. And I suddenly thought, God said he can heal through me. And I preached against healing in the olden days. I preached, you know, pre-2003. I I didn't believe because I was told this in church. And I had the stupidity to believe them. I told John Wimber off. Walked up to John Wimber. He was dying of cancer and I didn't know it. And I said, you are preaching. And I just... And you know what... he turned around and just, just come off the stage at Spring Harvest. And he said, son, go and read the Bible. And he died not many months after that. Sorry? He said, son, read the Bible. Read the Bible. And I didn't. You know, many years later, this started happening and, and I suddenly realised it was for me. So I grabbed every book every tape, everything I could possibly find on A.A. Allen, you know, John Wimber, you know, all, all of these people. And I, Maria Woodwardetta, Heidi went into a bookstore, in a second-hand bookstore, and this, this first edition of Signs and Wonders leapt out of her, and she said, I've got to get that. Didn't know why. And then she came back and said, Andy, this is for you. No, I read it first. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> and then you gave it to me. And that was the start. That was the first book. Then I got every book about William Branham. I read everything. I could, 
Every, John G. Lake, I read everything that I could possibly get. Why? Because God, through the Holy Spirit, was feeding my hunger. Was feeling, feeding my hunger. Feeding it. So if this is for you, have a look at the power of the age to come that we're on people. Look at William Branham. Just took their hand. That's what he did. The Lord told him, just take their hand and you'll be able to discern what's wrong with them. He could re- I've, I've listened to William Branham take people by the hand and tell them what their name is, their whole history. It wasn't written on the healing card. Told them what was the matter with them. And they were instantly healed. Instantly healed. Don't you want that? This is the power of the age to come that we're on a group of people. And do you know how they got it? Most of these people, they fasted for 40 days and 40 nights fasted but that isn't how it works now unless the Lord tells you to do this is how it works love the Lord with all of your heart that's it love you've got to be driven by love just loving people having compassion for them having a do you know what this is you devil you put the sickness onto them it's impossible for God to put it on you impossible that's not his nature he is love he can't put sickness on you he can't do it because his son took all of it. So he's not about to give you something that his son died for. Makes sense, doesn't it? But he wants us to pick it up. And I can, I'm just going to read some Paul in Ephesus. Over a million people heard the gospel and had the gospel presented to them. How? How? A whole city getting saved that was about the same size as Sheffield. About three quarters of a million. In the, in the, whole, the whole city was, was saved. Ephesus. Acts 19, verse 11. And God did special miracles. What was one of the things of the Holy Spirit? Special miracles. Working of miracles. But God did special miracles by the hands of Paul. And God did the special miracles. God did the special miracles. God did the special miracles through the hands of Paul. God did the special miracles. Yet what we've made it, it's all about me. Look at me, aren't I the anointed one? Aren't I the special one? And they made it a competition. Do you know, in the 60s, shame on them. Shame on them. But in the 60s, they used to, like, you know, people like Jack Coe, who they'd had the biggest tent meeting, and... Uh, they had, then somebody would go nine inches higher on the tent and say, I've got the biggest tent meetings. So they'd build another tent, and it became competition. And fluoride, what's that stuff that you put bits into a body to preserve it? Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. They used to carry jars of, of cancer that literally dropped off people and pickle it, and then say... And then they would go, ooh, well, look at mine. Mine's bigger than yours. And they became competitive. That's abhorrent to God. Abhorrent to God. And if you watch, there's a guy, um, he had healing lines. I can't remember his name. Um, he, yeah, uh, he, died. He's, he died just not long ago. Not uh, Billy Graham, but... No, not T.L. Osborne. Oh, died. And we said when, the, when these guys go... This new thing of God is going to start. Ah, oh, I can't remember. 
No, not Derek Prince. No, no, no. It died 2000 and. Or Roberts. Thank you. Or Roberts. Or Roberts. You can look at it on YouTube. He. He had masses of people. He used to sit on a chair and he used to put his hand on them and they were healed. And, and then you saw Aura Roberts go stop, hear something, and he starts bursting out crying, crying and crying uncontrollably. And this little boy comes up and Aura Roberts slaps his hand on him and says, being healed in the name of Jesus. And from that minute on, he never healed anybody else in public again. He never healed anybody again in public. <clears throat> Do you want to know why? Because they'd made it all about a competition. And the Lord turned around and says, this is the last person that I'm allowing you to heal in public. Because you have mocked what, I'm, what I've done through you. And he never healed another person in public. Jack Coe Jr., Jack Coe, when people weren't attending his tent meeting, turned around and said, why are people here? Oh, he said, because Catherine Coleman's in town, they've all gone to her meeting. He said, she is nothing but a witch. He died six weeks later. Incredible that, isn't it? We've got to be very careful because with this, when the power of this external force comes on us, much responsibility goes with it. And if you abuse the authority, God will remove you. I promise you. We're going to have Ananias and Sapphira coming in our churches again. That will bring in holiness and purity back into it. And the fear of the Lord. And we've got to have such fear. But listen to this. And this was known to all Jews. This is Acts 19. Oh no, so that is, sorry, Acts 19 verse 11. Special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them, an external force. He used to just, to, just to pray over handkerchiefs, or, and it's an external force that would heal them. It wasn't about the man, because God healed them through his hands. 17, verse 17 to 20. And this was known to all Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and told of their deeds. Many of them who used magic arts brought their books together and burnt them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 50, pieces of silver. This is like millions in today's money. They burned the books of magic, dark magic. Amazing. Why? Because God did special miracles through the hands of Paul. So God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He can do special miracles through your hands, Richard. And he will. This is why I got you to stand up. You can see now why I got you at the beginning to stand up and say, acknowledge that we're moving into a new week, a new day. Because you declare it in the physical and that sound will have ramifications in the spirit. Yeah. And God is saying they're ready. God has told me that you are ready. 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 You are all ready for this.
because you have passed the testing of trials that you have been through and you haven't wavered. Many of us have gone through trials over these last three years like I have never known before. Haven't we? And you have passed. I don't want to go around that mountain again, do you? So do it now. Get, get rid of whatever it is now and get, get rid of it. Dive deep. Dive deep. Go into the things of the Spirit. Remember the wall last week? When I said we've gone as far as we possibly can. And when I told Neville that, he says that's absolutely it. He says now move in the Spirit. For those that are called sons of God will be moved by the Spirit of God. And if I'm a bride, girls, you can be a son. As long as you don't ask me to wear high-heeled shoes. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Then Acts 8, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. So like Jesus, he announced his calling card was to heal the sick, was to raise the dead, driving out demons, to cleanse the lepers. That was his calling card. When John the Baptist sent his disciples, are you the one? He says, well, what did Isaiah say? The blind walk, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. That's his calling card. You won't have to announce who you are. You'll say, this is my God, and I want you to introduce them. Get up now and be healed. Boom, and expect it to happen. And if it doesn't happen, do it again. (coughs) If it doesn't happen, do it again. I've purposed within my heart to go down to that grave once a week and expect him to be raised from the dead. Why? Because the Bible says I can. Through Jesus. Because when he comes back and he says, and he'll start telling all his friends about what he's seen in hell and what he's seen in heaven, he'll have their attention. Won't he? Do you believe God can do it? Yes. Look, look at the guy that they, they got frightened, and they, 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 these these band of bandits were coming over the hill, and they were carrying that guy's body, and they think, oh, they chopped him in, they just chucked him in onto the old grave of uh, of who? Elijah. Elijah. What happened? The valley of dry bones out came flesh, and he was instantly healed. Instantly. Instantly healed. How much more now? Through the blood of Jesus. How much more is it more relevant now through the blood? And people must see and experience the power of God at work. And you will have their attention. You will have their attention. And do you know what we've done? We've replaced power with programs. Yeah, everyone's going, yeah. Yeah. We have. We've, we've replaced power with programs. I'm not about programs. I'm about Jesus. I'm about the king's business. And I'm saying, anybody want to come? Anyone want to come on a journey? Because I'm about the king's business. Yes, we're going to do it. We are going to do it. Where God is going to put... When you saw on those videos the external force of God over a group of people where everybody's experienced miracles. You saw their testimonies. Every one of them experienced miracles. Everyone. Why? Because they saw the demonstration of God's power. All I was was the point of the spear. With boldness. And I, they just drove it in. Because we did it together. 
It's a corporate anointing. Isn't it good? Look at, look at, look at Saul when he was anointed king. And he went into the whole thing of the prophets. Remember the prophets were all prophesying? And they said, Isn't it, who's that? Isn't that Saul? Look at him, he's prophesying. Because there's an external force that he walked into and he could prophesy. Every one of you should be able to give words of knowledge. Every one of you. Lord, how do you want to heal them? How do you want to do it, Holy Spirit? Oh, right, okay, this is what came onto you. This is what I see. Uh, and I've, I've had this thousands of times. I'll have a word of knowledge for somebody. That will just be like a calling. It will just put that opening. Oh, this, I see this. Does this make any sense? How do you know that? I said, because God just told me. And be expectant to happen to you. But just say, Holy Spirit, you know, I have prayed for people when they don't even know that I'm praying. I just start praying for them. Lord, now, heal them. Heal them, Lord. Let them touch. Yeah, and I do it in the supermarkets. I'll do it wherever I go. I'll just pray for them. I don't have to go up to them and say, oh, God wants to heal. God loves you. He loves them. Of course he loves them. But when they go, oh, wow, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. I don't feel that pain anymore. Where's that? Who, who did that? Because remember when the woman with the issue of bloods touches his very hem? There's a whole message in that. Because Jesus had an external force on him and around him called the Holy Spirit. Was it the seven spirits? This is the power of the age to come. Yeah, we've, we've got the nine gifts, but I want the seven spirits of God in of, of, of Isaiah 11, verse 2. That's what Jesus had on him. He didn't have a word of knowledge. He became the spirit of all knowledge. He just didn't have a bit of revelation. He had the spirit of all revelation. He didn't have a little bit of, of knowledge. He had the counsel of God that produces the power. The seven, this is what we are moving into, is the sevenfold spirit of God. You will speak to weather and it will change. Wouldn't that be good if a tsunami is heading for these shores? Lord, your righteousness is here. I've been made righteous by your blood. Here I am, Lord. So I rebuke that tsunami and watch it turn. We know people who've done this. We know people who've done this. Jesus said, be calm on the storm. Be still. Be calm. We've got it all coming. This is all of us. Behold, Luke 24. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. So why have we neglected that? Wait, tarry. Tarry means wait, pray. And these were the guys that were hiding in an upper room but until you've been endured with power. And they're hiding and suddenly the Holy Spirit comes on them with fire. And Peter walks out and he starts preaching to all men and women in different tongues. And they all understood. He preached Jesus and everybody heard in their own tongue. Isn't that incredible? So why doesn't it happen now? We know places where it's happening. This is happening continually. We know people that have been translated into the, the Gobi Desert, Mongolia, out, out of Mongolia, and, and has just appeared to some guys with donkeys and 
lamas and stuff like that. And, and they, they preach Jesus to them. And then they come back and, Jesus, and they say to Jesus, why, why is that happening? He said, go back and tell them that I'm going to send some people to them. So he goes back to tell them that, that God's going to send some people to them. Two years later, missionaries came into that whole area and everyone was saved. Why? Because the ground had already been ploughed. I want this. So let's tarry. Let's wait on the Lord. Tarry in his presence. And allow this word to become alive in you. To become living in you. And I promise you, it's going to happen. Acts 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Who do you think think Jesus is speaking about there? He's speaking to us. Because the disciples didn't get to the ends of the earth. But we can. He's speaking to us. I want it, don't you, Steve? Don't you? Absolutely. We we do, don't we? Right, well, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4, And my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I'm trying to get this across. I'm taking my time to get this whole thing across. It's, it's an external force that comes on you. And what do you have to do? Ask. Lord, I want to be what you've called me to be. I want to do all... How many people want a gift of healing? Every one of us. Every one of us. How many people want a gift of discerning spirits? How many people want a gift of wisdom? How many people want a gift of, of counsel? I want it. We want it all, don't we? And this is why you're sat here today. This is why you are sat here today. Because we're new, moving now into the third day. You'll get that tomorrow. We're, mo- we're moving into the third day. Resurrection power. We're moving into the third day. It's a new day. We have, like Joshua, we have never been this way before. Joshua, consecrate yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Because you're about to take the people across into the promised land. You've never been this way before. We have never been. Hi, Libby. Come and join us. We've never been this way before, folks. I am finishing. Just in time to have a cup of coffee. We must preach that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. And, I, and I'm picked out just my favorite verses. And it's just to get that point, it's an external power that God wants you to have. So you can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can cleanse the lepers. And you can drive out demons. The city is full of them. Do you know my heart is for every city bar and every nightclub to close in the city for every woman that is selling herself short and for every man that is making them sell themselves short to not, not exist for every needle that is put into, a, into an arm or into an eyeball because all those veins have collapsed 
where there's no more, where there isn't any more anger, there's no more fighting on the streets. That's what happened in the Welsh Revival. Mm -hmm. Every tavern, every club, every bar closed because the fear of the Lord came upon them. And they wouldn't attend football matches. They were emptied because people wanted to get to the meetings. And the meetings started... They didn't tell you what time it started, but it went right the way through the night. I wish... Can you go and read a book by... um, guy in America, Rick Joyner all about, it's the best book written in the Welsh Revival if you go to Mariah Chapel today that book's there <coughs> and, and Paul Key said, why have you got Rick Joyner's book in there and because the guy said this is the most detailed and precise thing about the Welsh Revival read it I'll find it for you That's it. The World of Flame. The Welsh Revival. Revival. Just read that book because this is coming to Sheffield. I'm going to finish there. I'm going to finish there. I've got loads more. But I want you to know the difference between what a miracle is and what a healing is. We need to understand these things. Please, don't touch heads when you're praying for anybody. Please don't do it. If I see anybody touching heads, you're warned. Ah. Why? No, I won't. won't. Why? Because look what... Remember when David was anointed with oil by Samuel? Remember? What did Samuel do? He poured oil on his head. And then Samuel put his his hands on the head. Why? Because the head is for anointing. It's for anointing. Right? But if Steve has something less demonic not that you have that's in him yeah because if the anointing can be transferred it can also be transferred back yes so you do that you can be it can be transference what might be in steve yes because the anointing is in the head so you never pray on the head just put your hand gently on the shoulder and that conductor of electricity of the power of the holy spirit will flow through you that external force will come through you and heal. I just do this, or I'll do that. I just put my hand on the shoulder. So you never don't put hands, apart from if they are deaf. You can put your hand over their ears, but just gently. You don't need to. Your burst of eardrums. Yeah. Boom. No. Deaf and dumb spirit, get out. Dunk. We've seen it so many times in Africa. Little children who have never spoken because they're deaf and dumb. It's a spirit. And boom, they can hear. And then they start speaking. Incredible. They've never heard it before. It's amazing. So, folks, how are we going to feed it? By believing. This is for us. This is the crumbs on the table. Why? Because Jesus paid far too a higher price to leave us how we are. Jesus has done it all for us. And all we've got to do is believe and expect a miracle. So I'm going to continue every week to do what I'm doing. And I'm going to expect it. 
Why? For those that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Not for us to look good, but for Jesus to look good. Don't you want that? I'll tell you what. Kids will be going in this age into hospitals and healing all the sick. It's happening in Africa. Little kids are taking meetings and seeing some of the greatest miracles. And in Brazil, it's exploding. The dunamis power, the dunamis explosion of the Holy Spirit is in little kids in Brazil. And they are holding some of the biggest meetings that Brazil has ever seen. So it's not about head end, head knowledge. It's about heart. Love the Lord with all your heart. That's our number one. Love the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways. And then what it says, he will make your path straight. Acknowledge him in everything. Give him the glory and watch him move upon you. Watch him move upon you. We're moving into it. Expect it now. Boom. Explosion of power. Do you want it? Stand up. Stand up. I'm just going to say a really simple prayer. And all I want you to do is just agree with it. But if you don't agree with it, then that's fine. But I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to start helping us to wait, tarry thee, because he wants to endure us with his power and external. But also ask the Holy Spirit to help you in areas of character that you will only do this because you want to see the King of Kings glorified. You want to have his name above all names. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow at the name of him. Why? Because he is worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Then we're going to sing that. We're going to sing it because he is worthy. We are the reward of his suffering. So Holy Spirit, you have seen our hearts light up with expectation of who you are, Father. And Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask you now to endure us from on high with your power for your glory in your people. And Jesus, I pray now, allow and let forth the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon each and every person here or hearing my voice in, the, in this recording. That, Lord, that you will use the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise. And all it is is just to believe. And, Father, today we choose to believe in the God of miracles signs and wonders and these signs will accompany us here today because we believe that you're the God who you say you are because you are worthy Jesus of all the praise and worship and adoration and our love you are our number one our number one there is no one before you there is no one going to come after you but you are our number one and I thank you Holy Spirit that you will not leave us as Jesus says. He won't leave us as orphans. But you are, Holy Spirit, the enabler. 
And we want to honour you in this place. We don't ask you just to come out because we've got the toys to play with. We ask you now, Jesus, because we pray for this city. We want to see heaven come down into this city. And Lord, you will do it through an army of ordinary people like us. Because you are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. And all we say is yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. And Father, we ask you now to endure us with the power of Elijah. It says that when the, before the great day of the Lord's return, that the power of Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, will be on a people. And Lord, we want to preach you and you only. We do not want to lay this on ourselves, but we lay on that sacrifice, that altar, to be that living sacrifice for you, for whatever you want to do. So Holy Spirit, now put it on us. Put it on us. Put it on our children. The little babies that will say, not even say a word, but say a gurgle, and people will be healed. Let this external force that you put on your disciples to spread the good news of who Jesus is, put it on us now. And I believe that it's starting now. I can feel a weighty presence come in right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to lift our hands and we're going to sing this song because he is worthy. Worthy of it all. Worthy of our praise. Worthy of our love. Because he first loved us. He first loved us.